0: Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome, all of you, Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, it's okay. You're addicted to Dynasty, and I am too. My name is Justin Christopher, and I am a Dynasty Freak. I love the NFL. I watch every game, every week, and I love drafting, trading, and scouting, and managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So do you. So let's get started and talk some Dynasty. First, I'd like to say happy NFL Draft Day. Today's the day of the NFL Draft, the first round. I don't think there will be a whole lot of uh, fantasy-relevant players that are drafted in the first round, maybe five or six or something like that. But man, Friday, uh, the next day, is going to be really fun to see a lot of our players And that will change our values and guys a lot. So hope that you have a great weekend watching the draft before the draft starts and all these other podcasts come up, analyzing the draft. I thought that I would circle back and do part two of my grading my 2018 startup draft. Uh, Last week, I wrote an article as well as uh, produced the podcast here where I talked about this new uh, league that I started with some of the best owners of all of my leagues. We created a new league that we call the Die Hard League. And It was real hope for us to get some of the most active owners all together in one league. It's a 12-team, one-half PPR, pretty standard scoring, minus just a couple bonuses if people get the yardage uh, points like 100 or 300 yards passing or 100 yards rushing or receiving. It was a great league, super fun, great guys, very active like we hoped, so I'm excited about that. Last week I told you that I finished as the top scoring team and the first place team. So I got a and but I ended up losing in the first round of the playoffs. That's how it goes. You know, in fantasy, you never can control things. You can control if you can get into the playoffs, and it's kind of a crapshoot from there. But I still really like my team, and so one of the things that's really health, healthy, healthy for us to do as Dynasty owners, something that I do, is I love to go back and look at my startup drafts and really learn some things from what I um, did right and what I did wrong, some things maybe I wish I had done differently. So it just makes you a sharper and sharper um Player, because hopefully we're all going to jump into some other leagues and have some new startup drafts, and it will just make us uh, more equipped, given what we've learned from our experiences. And so last week was a fun week because I talked about the top 16 players in this 12-team, 32-round draft, which included all the 2018 rookies. Uh, so definitely those were really where the bulk of my team and its impact came from. Naturally, with the top 16 picks. So now we're going to look at the bottom 16, which honestly, as you would expect, there'd be less to say. Because these players weren't necessarily the ones that I picked to really be, you know, make a significant impact on my team. And usually when you're picking that late in a startup draft, you know, at least half those guys aren't going to be on your team come the end of the year. And that was certainly the case for me. But that said, I did have two picks. My 23rd round pick and my 31st round pick became every week starters for me in this league. So things can happen, you know, late in these drafts. And so it's important to look at the drafts and see where you hit, where you missed, and what you can learn for next year. So with all that said, I hope you'll go back and listen to last week's podcast so you'll get picks 1 through 16. Now let's look at what I did from picks 17 to 32. You ready? All right, here we go. At pick number 17, I picked uh, Latavius Murray. This was pick 202. (laughs) Here I remember really aiming to nab him uh, right before I figured he was maybe going to be taken as a handcuff to Dalvin Cook. That was the owner that picked right after me. So I remember picking Latavius Murray in in part to kind of... um, Snipe him, But it was much more than that that for me. I've actually always liked Murray and his ability to come in off the bench. Um, You know, when starters have got hurt, he's had his chance like he did in Oakland. He's done really well. I felt like he could do the same here in Minnesota. He did the the previous year and felt like he could do again uh, this year, let alone the fact that Cook is very injury prone. And so Murray was really a target here, not just to snipe my friend Dave, but also to uh, really think that Murray's probably going to get a chance to start he did start um, week six through nine when Cook was injured, and when he did, he did pretty well. You know, scoring about 12, 14 points a week. So he did, you know, make some improvement for me there. But honestly, I didn't really play him a whole lot, given if you listen last week where I had a lot of uh, stronger running backs that were actually starting for me. Um, but here's the here's the cool thing though. I couldn't be happier about where Murray landed in free agency. Like I said, this year some of my free agents landed in excellent spots, and this is this one's top notch for me here because you know that Murray landed. Um, in New Orleans and now with Mark Ingram gone from New Orleans Murray gets to be the number two back in New Orleans but he's much more than a number two back in New Orleans because you know how Sean Payton likes to really have kind of a committee backfield much more than just a number two and so he'll be split in time with Alvin Kamara and they give him a four-year contract which makes me think that they really picked him up to use him and believe him so I'm excited that I have him on my roster and I imagine he's going to get some starts for me even though he was a 17th pick in my uh, startup draft that year. Next, in the 18th round, I went with Keelan Cole. Um, Cole was coming off a pretty good 2017 season. If you remember, at the end of that season, he looked like he maybe was going to have a chance to become the number one, just kind of come out of nowhere and be great in Jacksonville. Um, I felt like I was kind of taking a chance, you know, just in case he could be out Marquise Lee, because Marquise Lee was already on my team. So I felt like I was getting, you know, two of the Jacksonville guys in case Lee uh, didn't do well. It happened, of course, that Lee got injured in the preseason and was lost for the season. And so I naturally thought like, oh, great, um stinks for my, my team because I like Lee more, but hey, it could be good for my team because I've actually got Cole, which means now he's going to get a chance to prove himself, but he never did. He really had a really bad season. I think it became clear that he was not going to develop as a, as a primary target there in Jacksonville, let alone how their offense just struggled altogether last year. And so he, I kind of probably about midway through the season dropped him. As so I look back at that round, there weren't a lot of good players, but there was one that I really wish I had. I think about 10 players after me. Dallas Goddard was drafted in that round. And so when I look back at that round, I see that was actually the guy that I could have got. But that said, I went into this draft saying that I wasn't going to draft any rookie tight ends because I didn't want to wait on them. I wanted to be a win-now team. I also said, if you remember from last week, that I didn't want to draft. I wanted to draft rookie running backs but not rookie receivers, uh, which I think contributed to me being a pretty good team from year one. Next pick, and uh, pick number 19, was uh, Spencer Ware. Now, this is where I kept going with number two running backs of high powered offenses or tried to get teams with an injury prone back. Um, I've always liked Ware. I felt like Ware was great. Uh, and I thought that he could get some great action on a good, uh, explosive team, particularly if Kareem Hunt got hurt. So he had his chance, you would think, too, because Ware or Hunt didn't get hurt. He, of course, got suspended for his legal uh, problems. And so you thought that Ware would actually have the chance there, but Ware himself was the one that actually had the injuries and nagging injuries that gave way for Damian Williams to become the best back to own in Kansas city. Thankfully for me, once hunt was dropped, um, I mean, as far as dropped from Kansas city, um, I just immediately went and grabbed Damian Williams so that I'd have two backs there in Kansas city and boy, boy, did that pay off. That certainly helped my end of the year run, um, kind of remains to be seen. I'm not super confident, but I am glad that I have Damian Williams. And if you remember from last week, I also have Carlos Hyde, um, that I drafted much earlier in the draft and in, in the startup draft. So, I've still got uh, Damian Williams and Carlos Hyde. It would be awesome to have both KC backs, particularly if they don't draft someone here uh, today or tomorrow or this weekend. So uh, I still have Ware on my team. He's obviously a free agent right now, so he hasn't signed with another team. And he's kind of on the bubble for me where I'm actually kind of keeping him. just right there on the bubble, depending on where he signs. If I think it's a good deal, um, I might keep him. If it doesn't seem like it's a good deal, uh, then I think I probably will have him be one of the first guys that I would drop when I pick someone else up that I just want to speculate on and, and have more hopes for. Next to the 20th pick, same song, second verse. You can tell what I was doing here was trying to get a lot of backup running backs. Um, I went with uh, Chris Ivory. If you remember, I already drafted LaShawn McCoy in the fourth round of the startup draft, and so I just felt like I needed Ivory to be a handcuff, and I was really concerned that McCoy, at his age, was likely to get hurt. Um, he has got hurt in previous seasons but before, and I thought that that Ivory was the number one backup, so... 20th pick I felt like it was safe to kind of start looking for some handcuffs fact was that Ivory got a chance because McCoy was hurt but he did not make the most of his chances he really stunk and so I think you know after watching a few weeks where he had chances to start and didn't do anything I dropped him from my team Um, he's no longer part of my team pick number 21 our 21st round pick number 250 Um, I picked uh, Taewon Taylor. Uh, man, I've always been a Taewon fan. I loved how much he, how productive he was in college, and I was so excited to get him to see uh, what I thought would be much, many more targets now that Matt LaFleur's new offense was coming to Tennessee. But the fact was that Tennessee's offense was anemic. <laughs> so was uh, Taewon. I don't think he ever started a game for me. I'm such a believer that I actually held on to him this entire year. Uh, I still have him on my roster, and I'm still holding. But he's definitely a bubble player for me. Um, but I tend to give receivers a little bit more time than I would give running backs. So I'm hanging on for at least one more year. I don't imagine at all cutting him um, unless midway through this year, the writing's on the wall for him. Pick number 22 uh, was picked uh, 255. I picked the Steelers defense. I was actually pretty surprised that in the startup draft, there had already been 13 defense that it's had that had been taken already. You know, here we still had 10 more rounds to go, but 13 defenses come off the board Um, that means obviously one team had already picked two defenses and I didn't want to see another run go by. Um, this was the part of the draft where I actually had 19 picks between my next pick. So I just felt like I needed to pick a defense and Steelers were the top of my board. Next pick in 23, um, was though, was one of my picks that really hit in the 23rd round. I picked Jared Cook. Uh, He was pick number 274 and I definitely got the steal this entire round when I went back and looked at it. Cook actually finished, if you remember last year, as the tight end number five in this league. Um, I knew that he had talent to perform well and would be the kind of only seasoned you know guy to target in, in Oakland. They really didn't have any pass catchers there in Oakland. Um, he had the most upside for my team. It was kind of already weak at tight end, like, like I mentioned last week with only Jack Doyle and um, Tyler Eifert. So I was kind of weak at tight end, but I just picked him for the upside and sure, sure it landed for me. Um, And again, he's actually the third player that actually I think was benefited by free agency because now he's with the Saints and Drew Brees, I believe, can make him an even better player. I don't think he's going to get as many uh, targets. That was part of why he did so well, that that, um, Derek Carr had no one else to throw to except Cook, so he got targeted like crazy. He's not going to get those same targets in New Orleans, but I do believe that he'll get more touchdowns than he did last year. And so I'm, I'm excited about his landing spot. Right now, he's my starting tight end, kind of just he and Doyle, trying to see which one of those two guys um, can make it. They're my only two tight ends that I have on my team right now. Uh, Next pick, pick number 24, I picked the Lions. Uh, There's not too much to say here. 16 defenses had come off the board at this point. I felt like I needed to get my second one, Um, and I looked back at that round, and there wasn't a single player that hit in that round. And so, you know, picking a defense there wasn't too detrimental to me. You'll see here in a minute that all the defenses that I picked – um, none of them are on my team right now. My, my def- defenses and special teams have completely rehauled just through the waiver wire. Lesson learned that defenses aren't that important in a startup draft. Next pick, uh, 25, I pick Doris Fountain. Um, maybe you haven't heard of him. If you're really active, I'm sure you had. Um, this is my finally drafted a rookie receiver. I felt like it was finally about time where I was willing to do it. Um, something that I planned on. I wasn't going to draft rookie receivers, but here I finally did in round 25. I love Fountain's college tape. He was so fun uh, to watch, even though he was with a small school. I was very intrigued to see if he could win a spot opposite of T.Y. Hilton. I felt like that spot on on Indianapolis offense was just wide open and that Andrew Luck always elevates the value of a number two receiver, as you saw this year, whether it was Chester Rogers or whether it was um, Dontrell Inman. He always made a second number two receiver viable on that team. And so I kind of uh, thought that he could maybe win that job. Um, maybe beat out Deion Kane at the time. I'd really just pick him up to see what would happen. Um, dropped him pretty quick into the season, realizing that he wasn't going to get much playing time. Um, but I kept him on my watch list, and he's actually still on my watch list. I, I definitely want to see what happens with him. The Colts never cut him completely, so he's still um, part of their plans, and we'll get a shot again. Uh, Twenty-six pick was a great pick, but also my biggest regret because I dropped him. My 26th round pick, pick number 303. So 300 players already off the board, and I picked Jalen Samuels. Um, I really wanted to get Samuels because I loved him in college. I loved his diversity, and I figured that Pittsburgh would find a way to use him. If you remember at the time of the, this, the draft, it wasn't really sure what Le'Veon Bell was going to do, if he's going to hold out, and for how long. So I thought that he could end up being the number two running back in Pittsburgh. Um, well, of course he was. You know, By the end of the year, he was and was getting a lot of action, particularly when Connor got hurt. And man, I wish I had him back. I think because he wasn't getting much playing time at the start of the year, that when it came time to make some waiver moves, he was just a guy that I was willing to drop. And I really wish that I had him back. He's definitely my, he's the only player that I dropped um, during this whole season that I regret. 27th round, I went with Ryan Nall, pick number 322. Here I was just taking a stab at a guy that I really liked more than most. Um, at the very end of rookie drafts last year, I was kind of nabbing him as my fifth or sixth round pick in a lot of the rookie drafts. Um, my thought behind it was that I thought that Nagy, the new off, you know, new head coach and offensive coordinator there in Chicago, um, would really not like having a, a, a back like Jordan Howard. That's not a very good pass catching back. And so I wondered if an all might could, uh, show that he's a more versatile back and could beat him out. In one sense, I was right because you know, the Howard was traded for a sixth round pick this offseason. um. And that, but they, what they did is instead of going with Nall, they, they, you know, the free agency picked up Mike Davis and he was brought in to replace him. So my thought process was right. Um, I still have Nall on my watch list, though. He's a guy that I'm really intrigued by to see if he can maybe earn a role, particularly if Chicago doesn't draft a running back um, during this year's draft. Um, I think I'll go pick up Null. That's like the type of guy that I would drop Spencer Ware to pick up Nall just to try to give myself a, a chance at someone. Um, that has a you know much longer career and more upside at this point in his career. Pick number 28, I went with uh, Adam Shaheen. I thought it was worth a shot here just in case Nagy realized that Shaheen was a better true tight end and, uh, than the free agent that they picked up and Trey Burton. Shaheen was a really uh, high, you know, for a tight end's sake, a pretty high uh, rookie draft pick a couple years back. Struggled with injury and never really made a huge difference. But I wondered if maybe Nagy's offense, you know, again, tight end was kind of my weakness here. So I was kind of picking up some guys. Thankfully, I, thankfully, Cook landed for me. And so Shaheen wasn't on my team for very long. When I look back on that, on their, that uh, round, I'm actually pretty sad to see that Chris Herndon and Ian Thomas were drafted in that same round very shortly after I made my pick of Shaheen. Man, if I was going back, I would love to have Chris Herndon or Ian Thomas. I have them ranked much, much higher. Um, already in, in already both of those guys are in my top 15 um, in my uh, tight end rankings now so I missed the boat there wish I would have heard or Ian Thomas but I drafted Shaheen and dropped him later all right my next pick number 29 was uh, Ryan Suckup a kicker so simply put it was just time to take a kicker I am proud to say though that I was the last player to draft a kicker I really was. Several teams actually already had two kickers on their team by this time. I couldn't believe that. So I was the last one to pick one. Some teams had two. So I reluctantly took him here. And guess what? As with kickers, I actually cut him. And I ended up picking up a guy, who I'll mention later, who ended up finishing as the number one scoring kicker last year. So note to self, this is why you wait on kicker, even in startup drafts. The guy that I picked up here was dropped soon after, and I found the number one kicker on the waiver wire. That's why I waited till twenty-nine. I'm proud that I was at least the last one to pick someone. Pick number 30 in this giant startup draft was the Dallas Cowboys. This was my third defense. I just felt like I needed to take a stab at another d- defense. Also, I'm a Cowboy homer. <laughs> so it was my first homer pick, though. Uh, I was very disciplined in not picking up homers. Um, but I thought the Cowboys actually did have a lot of great playmakers and draft picks that they had um, even acquired in last year's draft and felt like, man, this this defense could be pretty good. And, of course, they were. But like I said, none of those defenses are on my team anymore. This is the one I'm most proud of. Pick number 31, the 31st round, um, was uh, Tyler Boyd. <laughs> Tyler Boyd, the best value of the entire draft, right here, right? Boyd finally lived up to where he was drafted in rookie drafts three years ago. Um, truth was that I kind of questioned John Ross's ability to, to become the number two one there, um, both his injury and just maybe just not really becoming a full NFL receiver and i just had to remember boyd's draft capital remember how he was drafted by cincinnati and look back to those rookie drafts and where he was drafted early in those rookie drafts and i thought man here's a guy that's totally worth picking up to see what happens and of course he was he was an every week flex position for me he played almost every single week once he got on his run and he finished the year as the number 17 wide receiver overall so um pretty pretty remarkable um definitely my my uh most uh, proud pick that I made here in the 31st round. It's a good reminder, too, to not give up on highly drafted uh, rookie wide receivers. Um, even if they had the first, first few years, they struggled. And so this is going back to Taiwan Taylor. This is why I'm still holding on Ty- Taiwan Taylor. I want to wait on Taiwan at least one more year and see if he can't become like this year's Tyler Boyd. And next, my very last pick in round number 32 was Tajay Sharp. Um, truth is that I've always loved Tajay Sharp. Um, even though I've given up on him on all my other leagues, I think I've probably had him on all my other leagues. I've had him on my roster at some point. But I felt like, hey, I could take another chance on him here. It's the 32nd round pick after all. <laughs> so um, he was promptly dropped, dropped from my team pretty early in the season when it was clear that Tennessee's offense was going to stink and he really wasn't uh, going to win a job there. So those are my rounds, 16 through 32. Real briefly, I thought I might tell you about some of the waiver moves that I made because now as I look at my roster now, there's um, several different players that are on my team now that weren't part of my startup team draft. So what did I do with those players that I replaced? Uh, first, I already mentioned it, was Damian Williams. He's by far my best waiver wire addition that I made for sure. Um, and if Kansas City doesn't draft a running back, I'll be set with he and Hyde on my team. Um, I picked him up earlier than most. I told you that you know I had wear, and so when Hunt was uh, – Dropped by Kansas City, I promptly went in and picked up uh, Williams just so that I have Williams um, and Ware on my on my team, particularly that was when Kansas City's offense was looking so great. So pretty smart move of me. I can't remember actually how much fab money I spent on him. I didn't go back and looked all the way back in the archives to figure out how much I spent on him, but I, I believe it was pretty cheap because I jumped on him before uh, many people knew to do so. Next guy that I added was C.J. Anderson. Uh, you would have wished that I would have added, added him at the end of last year, if you remember how well he played in our uh, fantasy playoffs. But I actually just picked up C.J. Anderson just a few weeks ago. Um, uh, I picked him up largely because, remember, I have Carryon Johnson, and when then C.J. Anderson picked up as a free agent to Detroit, I really wanted to get Kerryon's, uh handcuff. And it was a pretty cheap price. I just traded uh, Doug Martin, who, was, uh, who still is and at the time was a free agent. One of the other guys just felt like he'd rather wait on uh, Doug Martin and see where he landed in free agency. I didn't feel like Martin was worth that much, and I'd rather have um, a handcuff to my carry-on Johnson, um, particularly given that CJ played so well at the end of last year. So I think that was a good trade for me that I made a couple weeks ago. Third guy um, that I have on my team now that I didn't uh, in the draft, picked up just just within the last month or so, was Mike Boone, uh, running back from Minnesota. I already told you that I don't trust Dalvin Cook to stay healthy, that's why I drafted Latavius Murray in this startup draft. Now that Murray's gone to New Orleans, um, once uh, I think it was probably the day that Murray went to New Orleans, I went to the waiver wire and I picked up Boone because I want to have Cook's backup. Um, I think actually originally I picked up Rock Thomas, but then there was news a, a few weeks later that he got in trouble with the law for some major uh, drug possession. And so then I dropped Rock Thomas and I drafted, that picked up Boone. He's still somewhat on the bubble for me, but I like having the backup to, to Dalvin Cook. Next guy that I picked up that's still on my team is Deion Kane. He was actually dropped from a team that had too many guys on IR. In this league, we have three IR spots, and so sometimes your IR can get filled up, and you've got to make a tough choice to either keep that guy on your active roster or you just drop one of the guys from your IR. I made note, you know, this is one thing that's really wise to do. When someone drops someone from their team, if it's someone that you like, put them to your watch list, you know, add them to your scout team or whatever your website um, calls for. And so Dion Kane had been on my watch list for, for a number of weeks. And so when the season started winding down, I felt like this is a guy that I want to pick up. And so I dropped someone from my IR to pick up De- Deion Kane and throw him on my IR. I already said that I really want to see who can become this number two uh, wide receiver for Andrew Luck in Indianapolis. Um, he always makes guys relevant. And so I'm excited to see uh, what Deion Kane can do. Uh, I also should mention that other teams must believe in him too because I've got several trade offers for him this offseason. I think people thinking they can buy him low, but um, I'm going to hold unless I get a really good offer uh, for him or decent offer. Next guy that I have on my team that I picked up in waivers was Philip Dorsett. Actually just did this like about a month ago. This is why we need to stay off- active during the offseason too, right? Uh, Dorsett was a free agent and was just kind of left out there lingering. New Orleans had didn't sign any of their own guys back, so all they had was Edelman. Uh, They bring in Maurice Harris, and they brought in, um, now, of course, we know it's uh, Demarius Thomas. But I felt like Philip Dorsett, you know, did a few good things for them last year. And once they signed him, it made me think, okay, this is the guy that they still trust. And so he could become the number two there. Um, This was before Demarius Thomas, you know, landed on the team as a free agent as well. But I still think that Philip Dorsett, I think Demarius Thomas' days are over. He might not even make the team. So I'm willing to hold Philip Dorsett just to see what happens. Finally, a wide receiver that I picked up. At the end of last year was Tim Patrick for Denver. Honestly, he was a guy that I actually had never heard of before. So when he kind of flashed and had a couple good games, I went back and watched his college tape out of Utah and was really impressed. Um, The fact, too, was that the Denver wide receivers uh, core is wide open right now. Um, Thomas obviously is no longer with the team. Sanders coming off of an Achilles injury that I think will take him more time than they think. Uh, Rookies in, um, in Deshaun Hamilton and Cortland Sutton played decent but they didn't necessarily like prove that they were going to be the best guy and so I kind of want to hold on to Tim Patrick and see uh what happens here Uh, he's certainly a bubble player for me one of the first guys that I might drop but I've kept him through this whole offseason even though I just grabbed him at the end of last season finally um well second to finally I mentioned that I don't have any of the same defenses that I drafted maybe a note to myself to even draft defenses later than I did um I've got now the Broncos, the Jets, and the Saints as my defenses. I think three defenses that I'm really excited about. But at the same time, how excited can you be about defenses? They change so much year to year. And finally, uh, here's my funny one as a kicker. I think you – how do you say his name? Kaimi Fairbairn. So the Houston Texans kicker. Um, I told you that I was the last team. Why should you be the last team to draft a kicker in the draft? It's because I claimed this number one scoring kicker off the waiver wire for a dollar. So – I like the Houston offense. Um, I love that he was a free agent, but they signed him back. And, you know, you can't hardly ever see a kicker repeat from number one to number one year to year. But I do think it's really safe to say that in this offense and how well he kicks that he's, you know, pretty solid top 12. So I opted this year instead of uh, dropping him as a kicker to actually keep him on my team and just hold him. And so I've held him throughout the offseason. I'm happy to have a kicker that I think will probably be a top 12 kicker. So, that's it. I hope that you've listened and enjoyed these last two podcasts, thinking about some of get behind my head as far as what I did in my draft. I still really look – I love my team. Uh, this team, actually, we've got our rookie draft set for May 13th, a slow draft with these D- dynasty diehards. It's going to be a blast. I can't wait um, to see what, what happens here in these rookie drafts. I hope this has been helpful for you. I would love it too if you have a, a startup draft or something like that, or even, even if you're in the middle of one, reach out to me anytime. Like, tell me, tell me, you know, what you think or who you think. Give, help me give you some advice on either your rookie draft or in a startup draft, or send me your roster and let me tell you where I think you might uh, need to make some improvements and what I would do if I were you. Make it a two way conversation anytime. I appreciate you giving a listen. Contact me at dynastyfreaks.com or at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. You know what to do. Until next time. Go out there and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email. So hit him up anytime at DynastyFreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at Longhorn Justin.